Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve podcast. Today's guest is a professional relationship coach who's hailing all the way from Ontario, Canada. Her name is Erica Botha. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Erica? Fine, thanks to you, Christian. I'm doing great. Early morning here, late afternoon there where you are. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's do this. It's about, it's about <laughs> 3, 3 p.m. where I am right now. And, yeah, you um, need your afternoon siesta, I guess. <laughs> I like the idea of that. I think I think the Spanish have it right. You know what I mean? I mean, to be yeah. honest, I, I love food. So I'm like, oh, another excuse to eat. I'm right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Love, love it. it. Love it. Um, yeah. I just want to ask you this real quick right off the bat. So obviously off camera, you, you mentioned that you're originally from South Africa, which I didn't know. Um, Obviously, my, my extensive research failed me. <laughs> um, but, but, but people think that I'm from the UK with my accent. Mm. So I guess the two of us today have the same accents. So yeah, who knows? Well, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like when I listen to your accent, I, in certain videos, I could hear the slight Canadian twang. I could tell that maybe you might be from somewhere else or something like that. But I didn't really think yeah. much of it because I've actually had, ironically, quite a few Canadians on the show and uh, their accents have ranged, you know, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's normal, same in the UK, same in probably in South yes. Africa as well, as you have like different accents depending on where you're from. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I, I got to ask, um, that's, that's quite, that's a massive change uh, in terms of climates, culture, everything. Uh, what prompted your move from South Africa to, to Canada? Or when did that happen? Well, the, the big story. reason was safety to just move because I want I want safety. I want to mm. feel that I can sleep in the evenings and don't worry about the things. So, yeah, I don't know if you know if you're following the news in South Africa, but yeah, it's it's unsafe there right now. And we moved to Canada to secure a safer environment for our children. So I have three daughters, and that's what we did. We did it eight years ago, and okay. we. Yeah, so we settled in, we Canadians now. So not, not we haven't changed the accents yet, but yeah. we Canadians. <laughs> so was it much of a culture shock for you? Or, I mean, how, how did you guys kind of adjust to, to the different No, things? no. You know, because it's still Western world, Western world. I think if we had to immigrate to Thailand or mm. something like that, where we have to use to get to you, to get used to the food and all of that. No, the only big difference here is that things is working. This is a first world country, things is working. So if you go into a government institution, wow, you get help and things is working, which is not the case in South Africa. And yeah, that yeah. Was, that I, I got to, I got to touch on this real quick. Uh, shout out to Buckmeister Cole and Sir Digsby. Um, so yeah, I have friends in South Africa and they tell me this stuff all the time that like randomly electricity goes out or sometimes the internet just goes out for no reason. And, and my friends will, will often say like, oh yeah. Um, so for instance, we've done video calls with each other sometimes or like Instagram yes. lives and they'll be like, I'll, be, I'll, I'll say to them, oh, your internet's a bit off. And he's like, oh yeah, they probably just turn the internet off. Or, and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like quite a normal thing to do. Yeah, we call it load shedding with the electricity and, and you know, now you get two hours and then somebody else don't get two hours of electricity because, you know, Monday mornings, the, the plants have to start up and they're saving up electricity over weekends. Oh. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. So, it, so it's like a business thing, business decision that the companies make to save yes, money. Yes, because 
Yes, because there's no, not the companies, the electricity suppliers. Right, right. There, is not, yeah. there is not enough electricity. So they have to save it up. And especially in winter months, when there's, of course, a huge demand for electricity, they don't keep the houses warm with gas. There is no gas. It's just electricity. So, yeah, it's a, it's a government decision. So anyway i have electricity 24 7 so blessed <laughs> awesome awesome um well before we before we move on i just want to ask obviously you're you're currently living in ontario canada so what are the best and worst things about ontario canada so i'm actually living listen to this i'm living in london ontario <laughs> is a province i'm living in london Canada, so which and 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 no changes. We have the Thames River here as well. Do you really? So, really? Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> there was no initiative uh, yeah. when the English people had immigrated here. They had just recreated the whole of England in Ontario. So Is there anything right over in in because it's obviously as you say it's a very tiny place London in Canada isn't it so it's like is there anything that's reminiscent of that or or is it just a completely foreign place by comparison it just happens to have the same name it's these 400,000 people here but no except from from that there's no comparison it's way smaller than London so um we don't have the queen here so although yeah. that we have the the governor general who represents the queen in canada but um no besides that there's millions of trees where i'm living we call it a forest city so it which is oh. not the same as in london uk so yeah but um yeah and 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 yeah we have a lot of rain we have a lot of mm. rain in london where i stay so yeah so it's exactly it's exactly <laughs> my london yeah <laughs> Precisely. So. <laughs> You're right at home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's get straight into your work. So, what exactly? I, and I kind of I, I'm, some of these questions are going to be a bit basic, but you know, I really want to just get like your words, your interpretation. Um, okay. So, what exactly are your responsibilities as a relationship coach, and how do you help people? So, uh, I want to say relationship coach slash counselor okay. so i'm doing both so let me just help you a little bit on that as well as counseling is when you go back to the past and coaching is when you're looking at the future mm. so i feel that i cannot do the one without doing the other one and i do have a psychology degree and i'm doing counseling for the past 20 years so i've recently like three years ago only um did my coaching certification because i feel well this is something new and i want to explore that so but so my responsibility is when you come to me and you have any issue with your relationship i first of all go and look at what is the issue here is it you is it your partner what is going on here so that's where i start off and then from there on we say all right how do we fix this because we also have to accept that there's different people in the world and we're all different and i always say like we have different manuals that we live by mm -hmm. so say for instance you are the washer and I am the dryer. So we both have the same goal and that is to clean the clothes, right? So, but I have a different function than you, but mm. we both have the same goal. So the same in a relationship. 
have both the same goal to live happily ever after but you're two different people and you wired differently and you have your manual which is started in your in your home the way that you have been raised by your parents the examples that you saw there now some of that examples we have to say thank you no that's not for me so and some we can adapt you know i had grew up in a household where my parents when they were upset they haven't talked to each other like for weeks sometimes two weeks or more you know oh, wow. and then my mom will say tell your dad we're going to eat he have to come to the table <laughs> <laughs> dad come to the table so so that is an example that i didn't want to carry through in my own marriage i'm married now for 26 years oh, so congrats so yeah so, so yeah so that is that's how i navigate it and then at the end of the day okay so this is the advice that i can give you follow it this is the habits that i think you have to work on this is the changes that i think you can make hmm. and really christian i make it sound very easy but it is that easy really it is a relationship is easy just take yourself out of it a little bit stand on the side see what's going on and do it and love each other what are the kind of most common problems that people tend to come to you with and like what, what what would be obviously i can't i know you can't sum up everything but like what would be your kind of initial response as far as like this is what you need to do or that's what you need to do so the biggest issue is trust mm. the same old same old we know this for many years trust so why don't we trust each other why don't we just go in that direction and make the other person trust you. And I'm talking about silly things like trust of phoning me when you're late. That's how it starts with silly things like that. So I trust that we have an appointment that you will be there tonight at home at five o'clock. So if you're late, just phone me. So now I start building trust. I trust oh, in you that okay. you see where I'm going with little small things. I don't talk about year about an affair that's something completely different but i want to trust you i want to know that if you tell me that you're going to prepare food tonight that you will do it small little things and i start trusting you because you know what the first need of a, of a woman is security mm -hmm. and what is security it's that that trust that I know that you will love me forever. And so it starts with that. That is a woman's first need and her first want is security. That's a really great point as well. Cause one of the things I've really made sure to do in the last couple of years is to make sure like my word is my bond. Now I know that's like a really obvious thing to say, but it's true. Like, I love it. Yeah, like yes. something really simple. Like I will be there at 10 PM and then you show up at 10 p.m. Because obviously if you just don't, and then the person questions you, and you say, oh yeah, this came up, but you didn't have the respect to say, this came up, I'm sorry, or let them know ahead of time, then I suppose it's, it's like you just don't have any respect for that person, you know? Like for instance, right. before, before we came on, um, we were talking about, you know, like, basically i i'd made a mix-up because i'm a silly fool and i thought that we were doing the podcast later and and you and you let me know um 
what, when we were actually doing it. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. We'll do it at that time. Right. And one of the things I said to you straight away was, no, I want to honor the original time because I really, you know, I find it important to not waste people's time. Like, um, as I'm sure, you know, you've encountered this quite often with podcasting and peering on people's shows and such. Uh, some people really don't <laughs> respect people's time. I mean, I've had it. I've had plenty of, of people no show and I never receive any correspondence. I've had situations where wow. I'm due to appear. Like there was one just this Sunday I was supposed to appear on someone's podcast. Nothing. <laughs> just, wow. just no wow. message. But can, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So can you see it's a small thing like mm, that. Mm-hmm that immediately establish trust between you and me. So yeah. if there's anything in the future that happened and I think, oh my gosh, I want to work with Christian on this thing, you know, I already have a trust relationship with you. Mm. So, and the same in any relationship. If you tell me I will go and pick up at a grocery store after work bread, then do it, do it. I know sometimes it's inconvenient, but do it. That person, little things like that started building the trust in a relationship, which made me immediately like, like, I like you immediately mm-hmm. because listen, because, okay. I like you anyway, because I'm watching your Instagram and your TikToks and things like that. And I enjoy it so much. So. <laughs> but, um, uh, see, you heard it right there. That's an endorsement. Now you need to go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so, but I, I like you because I can trust you. And that's mm. how it works. If you don't trust somebody, immediately you start not liking somebody. So it's, it's okay. small little things that you can build this easy, easy going relationship. But, but what do you do if, if you, you know, you're going into a relationship with someone who has trust issues. So it's not the fault of anyone in the relationship. It's, you know, previous you know maybe it's the relationship with their parents maybe it was the relationship a previous relationship which ruined their basis for being able to trust people how do you overcome that where do you start with that why do you want to go into a relationship that you cannot trust somebody right i get where you're coming from but seeing you're you're coming at it from a logic perspective right (laughs) which i'm i'm totally there with you i'm like yeah i think you know, trust in a relationship is you can't, well, you can't have a relationship without trust, but there are many people out there that have trust issues. You know, I've been in relationships before where there were trust issues and I didn't put, make them, like I, I wasn't the deciding factor behind why there was a level of distrust there. And those people told me it comes from, from my past, from other things I've experienced. So like, what do you do in those scenarios? Like, let's say a couple comes to you and, and one of them has trust issues and the other one is trying to say, look, I can't deal with this. this they don't trust me. I've never given them anything, right. a reason to not trust me. Like, how do you tackle trust right. issues? Right, because of a previous girlfriend that haven't, you know, been on time, had an affair or whatever the Something case like is. That, yeah, I, get yeah, that. Yeah. I get that. So counselling. Because you have to know that every other person is not the previous person. It's not your parents. It's not your previous girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case is. It's, it's that is the, it's not. And you have to go for counseling. And it's easy as that. It will probably take one or two sessions and you're over it. So, and you can have this amazing, wonderful relationship. So it, yeah, don't, that eyes, I'm telling you, it is the 
truths. <laughs> I just have to. So what? Here's the thing. What is a belief? Okay. So a belief is something that is in your mind and that you hear or see over and over and over and over again. So you're not going to trust somebody because you saw something over and over and over again. So what do we need to do? We need to reverse that belief and put something else more positive in your thinking and in your head, which will make you believe. So what I will do when you come to me is I will ask you in your new relationship, what is in that relationship that you don't trust, that you cannot believe. Hmm. And that's how we start in um, fixing this and having a new belief in your mind that, okay, I couldn't trust the other person. And it's unfair for me to take, to, to say to this person that I also not trusting you. It's very unfair. So it's creating a new belief in your mind and a new thinking. So really it's like one or two sessions and I can change that. So in a, in a simple context, it's basically like going from negative thinking to positive thinking. You're trying to push that person into that more positive mindset. So like, okay, playing up to your hmm. example, if they, if they don't trust their partner, you can say, well, tell me some positive things about your relationship right now and be like, right. okay. And you, maybe you can say things to them like, well, what if this person never lets you down? Or what exactly. if this person, I mean, this does person does this, this, and this for you. And that denotes trust. That's an example of trust as, as for example, with that example you gave earlier, where you said that, Oh, well, this person always honors their meetings and they always, you know, communicate yeah. with you and they always, uh, uh, come through on their word. I guess that's like an example of that, where you can help to establish that trust, at least at a small level, and then help them to build up to that more area where they need to be, so to speak. Right. It's exactly what you're saying is taking your, your negative beliefs and fill it up with some positive beliefs about the new person. So now I will go through with you. And if you name examples that you really cannot trust this person, then my question to you will be, and this is now if, you, if you're in a single relationship, there's different relationships, right? But if you're in a single relationship and you, you just started off, you're not married yet, you know, you don't. So then my question will be, why do you want to be in a relationship with this person that you cannot trust? So perhaps there is reasons why you cannot trust this person. So, yeah. But a marriage, a little bit more difficult, Mm. Um, if there is reasons why you cannot trust this person. So yes, then probably couples counseling. We need to do that so that I can understand why the other person act in an untrustworthy way. And what about when people cheat in a relationship? Where do you start with that? So let's say a couple comes to you or a married couple or whatever the case may be. Maybe they've one person's cheated on the other. Maybe they've both cheated on the other, whatever. Like, so they've basically destroyed each other's trust by cheating on each other or one of them has cheated or something. Where do you go with that? Like, do you think that it's salvageable or is it a case by case basis? Okay. Yes. Oh yes. It's definitely solvable. So the, the thing is, was this like a once off? Because sometimes you go through difficult times in your relationships, really tough times. And, and these tough times can be for years. So mm -hmm. one stage, you just need somebody else to, to listen to you. And that's how a relationship starts, that, that communication part. And, 
so perhaps that's the only reason why you have been in this other relationship because if you had got everything out of your current relationship there would have been no reason for you to have an affair right because then you get everything in your in your current relationship so but it is fixable you have to forgive you have to move on you have to fix what was wrong so there have to be a few changes you cannot just say okay yeah i forgive you and we move on no there have to be a few changes because there was a reason why you had an affair and all everything that was missing in your relationship you have to bring that back and fix that up but if it is your third and your fourth affair no get out of there so one it's okay. We can fix that up. We all need at some stage in our lives, you know, not all, but I mean, if you're not in a good relationship, there's, there's, there's something missing and you will probably find it with somebody else. Okay. This is a bit out there, but bear with me. What okay. if you, what if you have one person in the relationship who's, and by the way, for anyone thinking who about me asking this question, I'm only asking out of curiosity. This is nothing to do with me. Okay. So let's just, we do it. We do it for the listeners, right? <laughs> well, what, one thing, one thing that I've read a lot about is how people can be like either serial cheaters in relationships or, or just be, Kind of, I suppose, like addicted to the idea of cheating. So it's not so much yes. that they want to cheat on their partner. Like they could love their partner to bits and they just want to be with that person forever. Um, but they're so enthralled by the idea of cheating. You know, like they're so excited by that. Maybe, maybe even that's the only way that they can really find the thrill that they're seeking as far as their oh. relation, romantic relationships are concerned. But What's the, what advice would you give to people that are in that kind of space where they're still trying to figure out what kind of a relationship would work for them? And obviously, uh, they, they almost kind of need to cheat in relationships. They don't should be in a permanent relationship. I know a few people like that. Mm -hmm. So and some clients that had come to me, you should not be in a fixed permanent relationship because you living on that adrenaline thrill that you get for being in love and then when six months is over and you don't have that thrill anymore then you think oh i had fallen out of love no that is where the real deep romantic that amazing love comes in mm -hmm. so but people like that they're living on the thrill you will probably see that they had done some extreme sports or always have something that i focus on so say they they focus on just cycling and they will cycle like crazy and achieve it. And the next moment cycling is done and they put away their bikes forever. And then the next new thing come. And that is probably like climbing Kilimanjaro. Yeah. <laughs> normally that adrenaline type of person, you know, okay. that lives on, on that excitement. So, but no, they just have to, never ever be in a permanent relationship just live their lives do what i need to do conquer girls leave them conquer girls leave them and, and that's not my suggestion but that's how they live so well, this kind of leads me to my next question um what are your thoughts on on uh poly relationships so um i can't remember the exact terminology an, but an basically no a no-go no interesting no-go Okay, no, why do you why, why do you think that? You mean like a man so, having more than one woman? 
Why? So, so is that what you mean? No, with, with polyamorous, I believe is is the term. Um, that's the, that's just one of the terms. But basically, it's the type of relationships where both people in the relationship consent to the idea that they have multiple, maybe multiple sexual partners, or they have oh, mul no. like, multiple like no. relationships. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, no. so you don't. No. Okay. no how how can that even work if you in well, this well hear me out amazing so, hear me out so i i'm very much okay. a, a monogamous type of person that like that i just i just can't yeah. like it would just break my heart like <laughs> but that's just okay, me exactly but, no but but but, but the, the, here's the thing here's the thing that's just me personally like when i look at the logic of what these people are talking about it that does actually make sense because uh, I can't remember the exact thing. So obviously when I do the clips later for this and I get all the official names, I'll, I'll have it written out and everything. But there's two versions. Polyamorous is one and there's another poly. So what one basically represents specifically sexual. So you'll have a relationship with a person, uh, you know, a, a normal relationship, but then you have different sexual partners. Okay. And it's all consented. It's not like they find out later or anything like that. It's you both consent to that. You're both happy with that. The other one is where you have many relationships, but maybe that they're not, they're not sexual at all. Um, it's just many relationships with different people for different things. I'm not so sure how that one works, like with the ins and outs, but that's basically the, the fundamentals behind it. So the idea being that like one person, like if you take the, the sexual version, uh, like you just don't, you can't be satisfied by one person. You need to be with lots of different people, but you still want to stay with that one person because you love them and like you're there for the relationship. So, I mean, it's interesting you say that you don't think that those kind of relationships can work or why do you think that? No, 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 no. So we must remember that marriage is coming from the Bible. That was where it was instituted. So, and the idea was to have one woman in this amazing relationship forever, love, whatever. So how I cannot think to myself that my husband, which I'm married for 26 years, which we have this amazing relationship. I share everything with him. He knows my ins and my outs. I know his ins and his outs. We have, we do a lot of things together and I don't want to say we do everything together because I have an issue with that as well. You have to have your girlfriends and so on. Yes. So yes, very important. But um, yeah, so I cannot think that I send him off tonight to another woman's bed and tomorrow morning he walks in here and I'm lovey-dovey with him again. Mm. I will want to know everything that went on in that room. So, but no, all jokes beside, I cannot think that that is real, intense, deep love. The love that I feel for him is so intense and so amazing that I, I cannot think to share him with anybody else. And that's where jealousy comes in. You mm. know, the Bible also talks about jealousy and envy. So we allow to be jealous of people that we love. We serve as well a God that is jealous of us. But envy is something else. Envy is, I envy you that you drive a fancy car, live in a fancy house, you know, have a wonderful, sexy girlfriend, you know, all of that kinds of stuff. That is envy. But jealous, yes, 
I am surely jealous of him because I don't want to share him with anybody else. He's mine. He's absolutely mine. Given that we're talking about jealousy, I, I know I imagine that this will kind of tie into what we were talking about with trust issues, but obviously jealousy is, is quite a big common theme in relationships. So when you get people come to you with, with issues of jealousy, what are your kind of tips and, and tricks for, for handling that in a relationship? How, how do you solve the issue of jealousy in a relationship? So with jealousy, there's a okay jealousy. And then there's this crazy jealousy that you want, that you feel like I want to just lock her into her room and mm, nobody's yes. supposed to see her. And it's a very, that more is controlling jealousy. Right. So, and that is very bad and, and manipulative, I never can say that word. And so, so that is not a good thing. And for that, there's also some reasons why a person do that. But then there is a healthy jealousy. And that one is like, I've just explained, like, I don't want to share my husband with other women. So, but that's, do I allow him to have girlfriends, you know? Of course, if you want to, if you want to talk to a woman at a party or something, I will think nothing of it because I'm so secure mm. in my relationship with him that I don't worry about that. I have friends that phone him. Um, he's in HR and I have my friends that phone him and ask him for HR advice. And I don't mind that. I don't care about that, you know, and, and the same from my side. I have men friends and that's okay, but we're not... We, we're so secure in our relationship and we don't try to make each other jealous. If he come to me and he will tell me that he don't like that I talk to that guy or that guy, I will stop it immediately because I never ever want him to feel insecure in our relationship. Okay, hypothetically, let's say that your husband says that, but the person that you're talking to you know is, is strictly work or like there's nothing to it you know that that's the case that there's nothing to it it's purely business whatever the case may be but he's still not uncomfortable with it do you not think that that's a bit of an issue that he needs to resolve and not you now, i understand that you're kind of right yeah like i i still feel like that's going into that negative right. jealousy area do you know right. what i mean yes Yes, yes, absolutely. So the next question is, why is he feeling like that? Is it because I make him feel insecure, you know? Or is it, as you say, something that is coming from his past, from previous relationships, from whatever, you know, that he is feeling that way? Or is it basically that he is a controlling person and want to take my whole life into his hands and want to, you know what I mean? It's like it's that is... That's bad. It's just going back to what you said before about how, you know, it's, you should be able to have, you know, friends of the opposite sex and everything, and, and that should be fine or, or same sex, whatever the case may be, whatever your relationship is, you should be able to have friends and it not be an issue with your partner. Uh, so to what we were talking about, like, you know, and I've been in relationships like this where I've been told like who I can and can't be friends with. And back then I, I kind of accepted it, but, but now I, I question it. And if, if I was in a relationship now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept that. But like, you can't tell me who I can and can't be friends with. I just don't think that that's healthy because, you know, all, for me, at least, this is just my personal belief, but I think it all boils down to that issue of trust that you, that you mentioned earlier that, you know, 
the base foundation of a relationship is trust. And if you truly trust your partner, then you will never, you know, question any kind of relationship they might have with a friend or something like that. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. If something is off, if you just sense that maybe they're no. cheating, maybe something's off, then absolutely question it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying don't question things, but I don't think it's okay to tell your, your significant other who they can and can't be friends with or like that or who they can and can't talk to, you know, uh, like I mean, I, I think it's one thing if like, for instance, let's say I was in a relationship and I'm having coffee like every week with like a female friend or something. I could understand why like my partner might be upset with that. And, and like, especially if I'm not taking her out, but I'm taking this other person out like that presents an right. issue. But if it's like, right. I don't know, they're a work colleague or, or you know, there's there's like another reason for it or, or whatever the case may be, I would kind of expect my partner to be more understanding and and trust me yeah just trust me you know so so you have a friend let's make this example your coffee example you have a friend girlfriend you go out with her every week you have a coffee date wednesdays three o'clock same place now you now you fall in love with this other woman so why can you not still have that coffee date Wednesdays three o'clock. So well, that's you, yeah, but I'll so, stop you there. That's different. Because if if I'm yeah. having coffee with a friend, and then I somehow fall in love with this other woman, then it becomes my responsibility to then make a decision. Either I'm going to leave my partner, like go to her, tell her to her face, listen, I've fallen in love with another woman. I'm sorry. Blah blah blah. This relationship must end. Or I'm going to break off the friendship and say, I want to stay with my partner. I'm sorry. You know, I'm getting feelings for you and this isn't appropriate and end the friendship like that to me is like your two options. Now, obviously other people will, will just maybe have the affair and, and like just ruin their life that way. And that's their yeah. decision. But th that's a very, that's a different example from, from what I was talking about. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I think, I think with that, that's a very clear cut decision. You're, you're either, choosing to show your partner respect or you're choosing to to go somewhere else with it you know so but you're just a friend with this friend she's your school friend forever and right yeah something like that and yeah. you have coffee that's the thing that you do for how long ever now you have another woman you fall in love and everything honky-dory so you can invite your girlfriend to this to this coffee dates and say, Hey, come and join us. If you, I mean, you should feel comfortable to do mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. but there's no reason for you to break off a long friendship, you know, because that was a friendship. If you would have fallen in love with her and made her your lover, you would have done that a long time ago. I agree. Yeah. So, so there's a very fine line in this, but, um, you know, it's like, also, how did you grow up? I had grew up with, a lot of brothers mm. so for me to talk to men there was four men in my house including my dad so for me it's it's an easy relationship to have relationships with with men you know so so yeah me and my husband we had talked about that this week he said you know it's it's easy for you to talk to men because 
I'm used to talking men. That's how I grew up. That was my that was my buddies. So I had played Terrys and Crooks. Did you play Terrys and Crooks in in England? Say again. Terrorists, terrorists and crooks. We call it Terrys and Crooks. I think so. we we played something similar <laughs> called Cops and Robbers. I seem to recall it's something same, similar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, same thing. So we had played that. So I had to play that. I couldn't play with my <laughs> dolls with my brothers. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, interesting topic, very sensitive drop topic. Hmm. And um, yeah, if you have issues with that, I mean, just going to a council. I think people hold back sometimes for too long and not resolving the issues. It's the same thing like when you have a pain. Will you go to a doctor to start having a pain in your leg? Mm. Of course you will, because you want to know what's going on here. Something is wrong. So why? And then you go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, yeah, you know what? Um, this is, there's a pull. It's a lot of, a little bit of inflammation. Fix it up. But, or your doctor say, hey, this is cancer. It's stage one. We can fix it, get to chemo or whatever. But stage four, sorry, we have to put off your leg. So... So that's the same thing with a relationship. Just go, oh, we have a small issue here. Go to a counselor, just sort it out and go on with this wonderful relationship. Why waiting years till things fall apart? It's like you go and you talk to a friend and you discuss it and somebody professional that knows what to do and easy peasy resolve yeah. it and have a wonderful, amazing life. Why struggle? So I don't get that. Um, obviously, quite a few times in the in the conversation, you, you've mentioned this uh, this really long marriage. Um, just want to say congratulations. That's amazing. Twenty six years of marriage, fantastic. Uh, yep. What, yep. what would you say? What would you say are the biggest lessons that you've learned in in your with throughout your marriage? Talk, 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 and a little bit more talk. Now, my husband is not the talkative. I'm the talker, <laughs> he's the quiet one. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's what you sign up for that. If you're in a marriage, that is the second need of a woman is open and honest communication. Funny that it's never ever one of the needs of men. Men's needs is honor and respect, sex, friendship, and um, then help. He needs somebody to help him. You can see it never pitch up in a minute. I don't want to talk. But anyway, talk, talk, talk. It, it really, it really, it, it's open and honest communication. And say what it is. You know, we, we also like when we're in an argument, it's like I'm, I have the right to say what I feel. And he has the right to say what he feels. Remember, we're two different people with two different manuals. I don't want him to become the washer, if I am the washer, he's the dryer, he has another role to play in this relationship. So, and, and the other thing is to forgive. I think a lot of times I had to say, okay, it is what it is. And I forgive you for whatever you had said or did wrong and continue from there. And we, we, we work on our relationship all the time, Christian. Mm. We've never stopped working on it. So once a year, we're going on some kind of marriage retreat. Even that I am a marriage counselor, we do that. We, that weekend, we work on our marriage. That's what we do. 
and and if we need help with some issue we're just going to a counselor one or two sessions we resolve it and we oh, continue wow. so yeah, does it, it's, it's does important it's like going to a doctor it's like fixing up what's going wrong here but does it not sort of create a conflict of interest for you personally, given that, you know, you have this extensive career as a relationship coach and counsellor to then see another one yourself? Do you not find yourself sort of sitting there being like, well, that's not how I so would do that. that or... <laughs> I do that sometimes. But, um, you know what? I try to go in there with the thing of I am just an attendee. Okay. I'm just going to take whatever is here and what's ever written in this book and follow it to the T. And I always take something back from that that I use in my own practice. So, but I use it, I, I go in there and we do it and we do all the exercises. We don't think, oh, what, do I still have to do this again? Yes, we're doing it. And you know what's interesting? Sometimes we go into those weekends and I think we don't have any issue. Hmm. And then something is popping up because Life is dynamic, right? It's like now at this stage, COVID hit. So all my kids from university had moved back into the house. So there's a new dynamic in our house. So my husband, who always work um, far from home, he's back in the house every day. We're all back in the house, five people. So it, life is dynamic. You've been challenged by new issues, new problems every day. And can your relationship handle it? Sometimes not, because you never, ever experienced COVID before, you know? So it's, mm. yeah, so it's, it's, it's always something that you can work on to make it more perfect. Okay, but at what point do you kind of realize if maybe something's not going well? Because obviously, I know, you know, you're a religious person, you really believe in, in, in marriage and everything. I get that. I get where you're coming from on that. And I know that there's a narrative that, you know, in a marriage, you know, you work for all these things, just like in a normal relationship, you work through these things, you keep working on it. But obviously there comes a time, there comes a point in certain relationships where that's just not possible. You know, it's just not working. It's not compatible. There's something missing there. You just need other people. Maybe you outgrow each other. You know what I mean? There could be a million different things. How do you find that point? How do you know, I guess, when to walk away? If that makes sense. So I will not walk away without seeing a counselor. Mm. I will not do that. The reason for that is sometimes you're so into your own head, into your own stories and lies that you tell yourself that somebody else that's objective can see, but okay, what is really going on here and put some perspective into this situation. So sometimes it's a little tweak of just being kind. Kindness is my first thing that I always proclaim to people. But yes, sometimes I, you have to walk away and I give that advice as well. I'm currently busy with one of my clients that say, please get out of here. There's no way that you can fix it. There is like affairs and money issues and everything else going on, alcoholism. So there's no way that that that, that can be fixed. So, but this, first of all, go to a counselor and make sure what you think in your mind is going on, that that is really the case. Because we can, 
we tell ourselves all these stories, right? That's how we work from, from our background. In situations where people are in abusive relationships, whether that's physical or mental or anything else in between, where do you start with people like that? You know, for instance, I've been speaking to someone recently who, who was in an abusive relationship and, you know, I, I was really pushing them to get away from it. And I was really just trying to say as much kind of shock worthy stuff to make them realize like, Hey, you're wasting your time. You need to get away from this person. You know, that I was really pushing that message and I think it worked for the most part. So success. But when you get those people come to you uh, in a professional capacity and you can clearly see the abuse there or okay maybe a better example a couple comes in to see you and you can tell that maybe the guy is abusing the woman maybe not physically but maybe because i think that physical physicality while it's horrible and it's awful i feel like it's not as damaging as as mentally and obviously it can be but like mentally it's always much more challenging because these belief systems get stuck in someone's head you know like the person drives down uh, the person's sense of self-worth or they make them believe that they make them scared to do things they make them scared to walk away like I guess what I'm I guess what I'm asking you is firstly how do you identify that as a professional co coach and, and, and counsellor and secondly how do you go about handling that once you've kind of identified that that's that's the case so answering the last question first with five words get out of there immediately so get out of there immediately nobody deserves it to be abused physically mentally nothing like that so in your first question is we trained to identify it we look at certain things we listen to certain things i mean i'm doing this for 20 years mm -hmm. already so i'm so trained and and i can when a couple walk in it don't take me too long to identify what the issues is because i'm i'm trained to do this i'm doing it experience everything else but get out of there and you know what one out of nine men mm -hmm. in america get physically abused well, that's interesting okay. it is right so yeah they've been beaten up as well so it can go the other way around as well but what are those telltale signs a couple walks into your office how do you know how can you tell because sometimes it's not always that obvious you know like oh, like I, I, for it's instance very obvious it's very obvious no, okay it's but so obvious let's take a so, scenario so let's take a scenario you go you go first after you <laughs> so here's the thing do you see how I sit? Mm -hmm. I sit up straight. I'm not like. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for you to do that, no. Okay. But but like. Right. But, but okay. But let's <laughs> that let's is say. The first time. If that couple walks in, and they don't immediately appear to present that, because obviously people want to present the best case thing. If they got to counselling coaching i mean it's it's not a nice scenario to be in because in a way you are being judged do you know what i mean you're being judged by the counselor coach like obviously not judged in in a in a mean way but to you it's going to feel like well they're analyzing me they're judging my behavior i need to put on the best kind of version of myself so if you are being mentally abused by someone um 
it might not be as easy to identify that. Do you know what I mean? Because I've seen it in relationships. Sometimes it's like really subtle. It could be something as simple as like the man every now and again just kind of stops a particular trail of thought that the woman's, you know, putting out there or whatever. You know what I mean? So like maybe she's trying to say something and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And then he just carries on. Like gaslighting, for example. Really, I guess that's what I'm I'm, I'm driving at with this is like, how do you deal with things like like gaslighting and and um, helping people to get through that? Like, for instance, in a scenario like that, would you kind of work to try and get that one of the people, the person that's being abused, like alone, and then you can kind of so, communicate. So with yeah, them? let me just yeah, let me stop you immediately there. So when a per person is abused, the the person will not say something in front of the abuser because they know they will getting abused again, either with their words or beaten up or what the case is. So for me, how I do is, I, what I do is I have normally, I have these retreats, couple retreats. If you go to my website, you will see there, I have couple retreats. So in the beginning of the retreat, I only see the persons separately, the individual separately. So uh -huh. I see the woman, separately i see the man separately i hear from both of them what is the issues now again she if she's been abused let's use the the normal way if she's been abused she will not probably tell me but i will know it the questions i asked the way she's answering it remember i'm trained to do this so and um and then I will talk to the husband. And then only after I understand the total issue here, then I will bring them together into a room and we will resolve issue by issue by issue. And that's how we do it. I call it my make it or break it weekend. After that weekend, you know, <laughs> you know if this is going to work or not work. I know normal counseling is like, week after week after week but what i found with that is there's way too much time in between that you don't see somebody six days you can have a few fights in six days so in a weekend we tackle it we do it we get over and done with it that's the way i prefer it um obviously you mentioned you began to talk about some telltale signs, one of them being a person's posture, but there are there any other sort of telltale signs that really give it away? So yes, the way they talk, you can know if somebody is putting up a show. If I'm sitting here and I talk to you like this, Christian, you will understand that I am in my holy mode right now. You know, so you can see when I'm natural and when right. I'm not. It's like some podcasts as well. You know, a person is like, oh, my gosh, this is so, so unnatural. This is really not you. But you know how I am right now. This is mm. exactly the way I is. This is the way I coach. And, and that's exactly with people as well. You know when a person is not giving you their all. Now, in the beginning, remember, it's very difficult to open up. So the first hour or so, a person will really struggle. But that's where my job comes in, to make that person feel calm and relaxed. Like, okay, you're just talking to a friend. Start trusting me, building a trust relationship with that person. And then they will start opening up by me asking the right questions and building the trust relationship. What would you say are sort of like the biggest relationships between um people well, people that have relationships in, in South Africa and then and people in, in Canada, like what are the biggest differences there? 
I don't think there's any differences anywhere in the world. Not love even, is love. Not even like culturally? Love is love. Culturally, of course. We, but we handle it different cultures, you know. You get like the tribes who have different relationships. The right. Mormons have different relationships. So, yes, culturally. But love is love. And there's, there's basic natural laws in the world how to handle love. You have to trust. I'm sitting how many thousand kilometers from you. Mm. We both understand what trust is. We both understand what the affair is. So, and we both understand what is love, that total immersion in this amazing feeling. Let me, let me frame the question another way then. Um, if you get different scenarios where, you know, let's, let's take religion as an example. Okay. Obviously in some religions, it's stricter rules on the relationship than others. And presumably you must get lots of different types of people come to you from like different backgrounds, different cultural beliefs and so on and so forth. Like, how do you kind of navigate that? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you kind of get around those kind of, um, differences relationships from starting with the with the viewpoint we all have our own manual that we live by so it's not for me to judge your relationship it's for me to make sure that you follow the basic rules of a relationship so i don't judge you so i had a client that um the wife stayed on the top floor he stayed at the bottom floor they both have kitchens, everything in their houses. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it worked. So they really? both have kitchens. Yes. So, you see, it's not for me to judge. No, no, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge them works, ever. I just find yeah, it interesting. Yeah, that's, what that's works really for them or not work for them. Because it sounds funny for, for, for me living in the same house as my husband or 99.5% of people living like that. So for these people, they said, we're both professionals. We need space. So um, the kids is out of the house. So let's get this to work because we want to stay married forever. So they work out when I need my space, I need to be in my own place. I need to get home, wind down. Um, they were so, and then, just do what I have to do. And they, they visit each other and sneak up to each other's room sometimes in the evening, mm. seduce each other. So, so it can quite be fun. It's like going to your neighbor's door. And yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I hear different kinds of stories. But at the end of the day, there's basic rules. They trust each other. They love each other. They respect each other. They talk to each other. They have fun together. Remember, we're not in the old times anymore. If you think about um, the old times where, what is that Bridgerton, the, the move, the show on, on Netflix, Bridgerton, right? Bridgerton. Is, is it Brid yes, yes. You say it so right. You pronounce it the English way. So I, I, I don't have any idea what this show is, but. <laughs> oh, you have to go and watch it. It's a romantic old. Okay. I think it is an English, English show. And um, anyway, so women married there because they couldn't look after themselves in that mm -hmm. times. They married to really survive. That was the only way to survive is to to get married and have a man that look after you. Mm. But nowadays, women don't marry for that reason anymore. You know, we want to have fun. We want to feel loved. Mm. 
no no um, I, get, I totally get where you're coming from yeah. on that uh, I must say I, I really do agree with this concept and this, this is something I've learned in my 20s as well uh, for a long time I had this idea that like oh I need, I need a relationship because you know I need to fill that hole that empty void you know that that depressive yeah. and, and then I realized actually the issue was that I just wasn't happy and I needed to address that but what I've realized I personally need and this is what I'm looking for one day in a relationship is basically like a someone who is as independent as I am someone who who like mm. you know mm. respects when I need my space they need their space we have like different mm. lives but we share a life together as well if that makes sense like I think that's so important Hi. like Hi. like I don't understand these couples and I'm not trying to be judgmental here, but I, I guess I am being a little bit. <laughs> I don't understand those couples that need to like be together every waking moment of the day and like be, just, I just, I don't get that. I don't understand. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. My life is one of the things that I immediately start doing with, with, with couples is I'm doing the wheel of life. So the wheel of life, I give you 10 aspects of your life, which is health, career, family, friends, and all of that kind of thing. And a relationship, just make out a little small piece of that. So you have nine other things that you have to work on and your relationship. So 10 things in total to make you a complete person. My spiritual life, you know, although that me and my husband go to church together, but my relationship with God is something that I have to work on. It's not something that he have, can work on. My career is something that I work on. It's not something that he works on. So life is exactly as you say, it's full of, of, of a, little, a, a lot of aspects and a lot of dimensions. So, so how can this person be the full cake? It's only, it's, it's a small portion although that he completes you and fill in and live with you in the other areas like i mentioned my husband is going to church with me my health issues is my issues if i don't want to run or walk or exercise it's my issue but i like to go on a walk with him you hear what i'm saying but it's my thing so yeah so i completely agree with you what do you do in scenarios where um your professional life is getting in the way of your relationship or vice versa maybe your relationship is too overbearing and it's interfering with your work life like i guess what i'm saying is how do you achieve mm. that balance like because sometimes it's going to happen sometimes mm. work is too much and you just don't have your time the time Absolutely. for your partner or maybe you know i don't know one one person in the relationship is going through a difficult time so you're having to be there more and it means you're neglecting your work like how do you deal with those scenarios Right, right. And isn't that the scenario of our times? That is the thing. It is what's happening. We spend so much time working and prioritize our work over our relationship. Now, Christian, every scenario is different. If this is your livelihood and you're going to get fired, I'm not the one that will be able to tell you, hey, spend less time at work. That's, that's difficult. So really every scenario is something that I look into and say, okay, where can we make a little bit of adjustments that can work for the wife or the husband to feel that they're still important, although that you spent 
60 or 70 percent of your time at work so then there is cases where work is a, a escape route i don't want to be at home i just want to be at work so so that's the other thing but who am i to judge if you if you are somebody that have to work two jobs to just feed your family and um yeah so and then i will probably start with the thing of getting the wife to appreciate the husband to say hey thank you my dear that you work so hard to provide for us what do you do in scenarios where um people are from like different faiths so let's say you've got like a christian person and a muslim person mm. or a sikh person mm. and a hindu something like that where there might be potentially a conflict of interest like how would you approach that so so difficult really so difficult but i saw relationships and again not for me to judge at all you can fall in love with anybody so but it's really, really difficult. So here is where respect come in. I have to respect your viewpoints. Remember, we have different manuals with different people. So if your religion is of the same base as mine, it is easy to navigate through that. If I believe like Christian religion is, love is, is, is everything. And if you have the same viewpoint in your religion, it's easy to navigate through that. I just have to respect you. We probably will not go to the same churches. We will probably serve differently, but the basis and the values is the same. It's okay. But it's where you get the real, the real big differences that cannot work. It cannot. Do you think that's purely because the religions are just too restrictive i mean okay i guess what i'm trying to say is like that's a real test of like your faith versus how much you want the relationship to work is it not because i mean if you really wanted the relationship to work you'd find a way around it you know what i mean you'd or you'd be i don't know maybe less devout in your particular religion you know because there are different levels of course right and and again you know i can i can get i can fall in love with somebody that is on the other side of the extreme of christians you know that feel they probably have to kill or whatever they have to do or live together with lots of women or something like that that's not my values it's all about the values if you even like if you're muslim there's also different Muslims. It's like you're, mm. you're like normal, if I can say that. And then you get ISIS. You know, it's like yeah, it's they doing a... it for their faith. But is that the same values? Definitely not. Mm. So it's all about the values at the end of the day and respect for each other. I have to respect you for a lot of things that is different in my in, in your relationship, in my marriage, I, I have to respect my husband for a lot of things that he thinks different than I do. And that's okay because it keeps it interesting and it makes him his own person, which I love and adore. And I've learned to love that he loves war. I cannot even watch a war movie, Christian. He knows everything about every war in the whole world. So 
I cannot watch a war movie. There's no laugh in that. So I'm all about laughs. <laughs> Imagine that yeah. your partner's like, oh, I just, I love war. I love war. Yeah. I love war. So I've had some questions from some of my viewers and um, I'm not so familiar with this. So first of all, are you familiar with the BACP and the CCPA? That's my first question. What is that? Well, I, just, I was wondering if you could help me on that. They're basically, <laughs> as I understand, like different... Um, Personality types? No, I think it's institutions within the sphere of counselling and coaching. Uh, as I understand, one of them is possibly from Canada and the other is um, from another region in the world. Um, but that's not important. If, you, if you're not familiar with them, we can just move on from that. That's not important. Let's move um, on. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about love. So <laughs> which theories or approaches to relationship counseling do you tend to use? Is there any like popular ones that you subscribe to any particular techniques, anything like that? So I am registered at the relationship um, counseling Institute coaching Institute. So in, um, they actually settled in Seattle. Oh, okay. So I'm registered with them, but my, my coaching and counseling is strictly based on everything that is biblical. So if the Bible say you have to have respect for your, for your partner or your husband, then that's how I believe. If your Bible say you have to love them unconditionally, forgive them, 70 times seven times that's what i believe if the bible say you have to get out of the abusive relationship that's what i believe and that's how i handle it so and i start off with kindness that's my big thing because with kindness you can fix everything in the world you know we had just before we had started off we had talked about um you volunteering and i'm also very involved in volunteering and it's like that kindness that we spread and yeah so so for me it's all the biblical principles that's where i'm what i'm doing you get clients that are not religious yes yes all the time but there's the same rules for every mm. relationship the same rules as i mentioned before we love the same you if you if you're not religious you do want respect in your relationship mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. do want trust in your relationship you don't want to be abused you know so so it's the same principles everywhere in the world what would you say are some of your sort of biggest success cases when it comes to your career in in relationship coaching and, and counseling like so particular ones that stand out for you as far as where you took a maybe a failing relationship or or something that seemed like doomed and you were able to sort of transform it so all relationships that come to me feels like doom for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't you come earlier? <laughs> come earlier, then it's way easier. So, but um, no, that's a, that's not a case. So um, I'm thinking back of this couple, and they were married like for twenty years, and then the wife found out that the husband actually had an affair for the past 10 years Ooh. yes how do you keep it secret for 10 years so yeah that's commitment stayed, 
That's, that must be That's stress. So, and he had stayed in the marriage because of, of the kids. He wanted the kids to go out of the house and all of that. So anyway, for me, it was to go back 20 years back to say, all right, why did you fall in love? What had changed in the meantime, um, through this time, and because you're dynamic, your personality develop as well. You have kids, life happened to you. So what happened in that, in that time? And what is it now that you can love in this person? So now I must tell you, he did leave this relationship of 10 years because a 10 year relationship is also like a 10 year marriage. There must be issues there as well. Right. So, and um, yeah, and they still happily married. And I think, yeah, it's now like, probably 30 years okay but i gotta probe you more here like how how because obviously i imagine the wife found out about the affair she's confronted the oh husband. my gosh right so like how did you convince her to forgive him and, and begin that sort of recovery process like where do you start with that so it's forgiveness take a while yeah. to, to bring back now I have to build trust back in the relationship. It starts with small things. She needs to see his cell phone and have the, the, the passcode on his cell phone. You have to be very open and honest now. She will not trust him when he tell her I'm late for work. You know, he will probably have to take his cell phone, put it on FaceTime and show her around. I'm really in my office. It's stupid little things like that that will start building the trust now. So he wanted, here's the other thing. He wanted to work on the marriage. After mm. I had talked to him and explained to him what is the two scenarios, you stay with the one or you stay with the other one, the one scenario sound way better, the 20 years than the 10 years. So it is, it's really as, as starting with small trust. And two years, Christian, two years is the minimum that it will take for you to build back that trust. A lot of people is in a hurry. So my question to her was also, if you can have an amazing marriage with this guy that you had fallen in love with and that you thought you married to, um, again, will two years be okay for you to wait that out? And her answer was yes. I will work for two years. And I had did see them constantly, really. I saw them very frequently. For two years? So, for that two years, the first counseling was really intense. That mm. was over a weekend. And then after that, I saw them through that two years. In the beginning, I saw them like weekly after that weekend because they needed to work on quite a lot of stuff. And after that, it reduced like once a month, once every two months. So, so yeah. But through mm -hmm. that two years, I saw them till they had come and say, okay, I'm good. What advice could you give to people that are aiming to become relationship coaches or counselors? First of all, you have to have a relationship that you can prove that it works. Because I think to go through the turmoil of a relationship and the hardship of a relationship, it's like um, if you read on my website and everywhere and my book and everything, it's, I'm talking about the struggles that me and my husband went through. Mm -hmm. So 
So I think one of the things is to really experience it in, in real life. Let me give you an example. If I ask you to become a person that help women experiencing birth pains. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not so sure if you will be good at that, Christian. You've never experienced birth pains. <laughs> You're so giving birth I mean, to a baby. I don't know. Life is, life is pain. Does that count? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's way worse than that. So, but but you see what I mean? It's like when you have to, it's like you go to a guy that tell you, oh, come to me and we built a billion dollar business. And then he arrives there with an old car, don't have an office. It's like, okay, you know. So, so I think that's important to have a relationship that works for you. You do have relationship coaches that just focusing on singles, but for me, in my case, I'm focusing on on marriages. So I know exactly the difficulties that you experience day to day, dynamics that happen. Like I say, something happened, your your husband loses his job tomorrow morning. And wow, what what a dynamic change in our house. So it's all of that. So yeah, so get that get certified i don't believe in these coaches that just pop up everywhere right now and say oh i'm a coach no get certified know your things especially when you work i think probably for weight loss or something like that it can work but when you work with people's psychological minds you have to know what's going on there Mm. it's you have to know the way that people think the way the brain works and and all of that so so yeah in my case i have a psychology degree i'm doing this for 20 years and um i i've recently three years ago did my certification and i already had done two certifications and I'm going to do another one because I want to teach myself the whole time and keep up to date about new discoveries and new things that's happening. So I'm interested, actually, just tying into this, because obviously people will want to know how you got into it originally. So as you said, growing up, you know, your parents didn't have the best relationship. And you also mentioned that, you know, your marriage uh, served as a kind of way of educating you as well. And the, these things together make perfect sense as far as like why or how maybe you at least got into the idea of becoming a relationship coach or counselor. But what, what was the kind of inspiration for that? Was it just those two things and you started thinking about it and you thought, okay, well, I've achieved success in, you know, in my marriage. I've, I've been able to, to make this a positive thing. I'd like to help other people do this. Or is there something else that inspired you to do it? Like what kind um, of, okay. So how it happened was, um, I did study psychology. I was always interested in that, always helping friends out with their relationships. But then my own marriage failed. So, and we were at the stage where we want to get divorced. Oh, and, wow. Um, okay. Yes. And then I, then I, I uh, long story started with me not believing in God and my husband and, and my child was born at 29 weeks. Long traumatic story. When you go through a trauma, this. I'm telling you the first thing that goes is probably your marriage. And um, so then I started praying for my husband for two years. Two years is magic number. It seems to me like, yeah. So for two years, I started praying for my husband, using Stormy or Martian's book, Praying Wives. 
every single day because I surrender to God and say, God, I don't know why my child had to go through this pain and birth and everything, but I cannot be without you anymore. At that stage, my husband said, well, I don't believe in God anymore. So you do this on your own. And um, then I sent him an email, which one of my coworkers had sent to me that there is a marriage seminar at a church. And I thought, there's no way that my husband will go to this. He's a non-believer right now. But anyway, I forwarded the email to him, didn't say anything, and he replied back, we're going. Oh, wow. So, okay. so we went to this marriage seminar at the church. He gave his, his life back to God over that seminar. We started working on our relationship. But six months after that, we went back to this same seminar and the people that was the presenters recognized us and said, but you have been here just recently. And we said, yes, but we needed to really, um, you know, work on, on, on the things that we missed over that weekend. There's so many things. And then they started involving us in, in their ministry. And mm. that's how we started. So, and that was like, 20 years ago and we started oh. being part of the ministry and do counseling and present seminars and and all of that and yeah and doing oh. a tv show and yeah so oh, congratulations that's awesome that's awesome um what what are your kind of like ultimate goals that you want to achieve in this field because obviously you've had you've had a long career and as you've said you want to get some kind of um additional qualifications and stuff like that. Is there any other particular goals that you're aiming to achieve in the future? Yes. And I don't have this goal of building this million dollar, trillion dollar coaching business. No, not at all. I saw what change it made in my kid's life mm -hmm. to have a happy marriage. I saw that. And I, I, if I think if we had divorced and what happened now after 26 years, there's a complete difference in my house. So for me, my only aim is that everybody that I see can have what I have and give the kids this, this gift of growing up in a happy household. And, and beside that, it is so nice to just be, in love and love somebody and doing fun things together so so that is my, my biggest goal is keeping families together and that was forever because i saw the difference in my life thank you um one of the things i found on your in, on your website which i've kind of found kind of quite interesting is um you mentioned that religion helped you to manage your finances better Please tell us more, like how exactly did that make a difference as far as what helping you to resolve your financial uh, issues? I, I don't spend my money on some junk anymore. Hmm. So, and um, in the beginning, I've asked myself the question, would Jesus bought this? So, and I had buy some magazines that I don't want to say, so, but then my question was, would Jesus buy, buy this? Would Jesus buy another set of dinnerware? Oh my gosh, Christian, 
Hey, hey, you, how you don't know, man. Really maybe, maybe, G maybe Jesus, Jesus loves dinner parties. Yeah, come on, come on. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he wants to have a party. So. I mean, the, the Last Supper—that's that's a big old dinner party. So, like, maybe he loves silverware. <laughs> he only needed thirteen plates, so not like I had hundreds of plates. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It still helped me to navigate through that. So right now I am a minimalist. I don't have a lot of things. I've changed my whole life and um, we, we're creating memories because my memories with my kids and my husband is building our relationship. And, and I make sure that I give to the poor. That's the way I think Jesus wanted to handle our money. And, and we're being blessed. We're really being blessed a lot. So, so yeah, that's how it helped me. Excellent. Making sure I don't buy the wrong magazines anymore. So it, it was less to do because I don't know when I sort of read that on your website, I thought maybe the church kind of gave you particular like strategies or, or whatever. So you're think you're talking more kind of like you, you read scripture and, and, and kind of looked into that and took away from that sort of your own personal understanding. And then you use that to help you sort of manage your finances rather than being given maybe particular tools or techniques. Right, right. And I think we also make religion way more complex than what it really is. Okay. So it's easy to just ask the question, would Jesus do this? Would he go to this place? Would he handle my husband, who's also his child, the way that you handled him right now, Erica? No, he wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't go in and buy another set of dinner plates after i had a hundred already <laughs> what's the biggest life lesson that you've learned so far be yourself easy be yourself i think we try to be somebody else mm. i mean all the time and i think now that i'm way older that was my biggest lesson I've learned. Why did I always try to be somebody else? So I struggled. I couldn't. And oh, this week I want to be that person. The next week I want to be somebody else. It's like I have to change my personalities here. So no. So just be yourself. Brilliant. Um, as we draw things to a close for today, do you have any upcoming projects or some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? My business is, is really simple. I do three things. I have a communication workshop. I have a couples retreat and I see women individually. So I don't have this many things to that come up. The three things that I do, I do extremely well. I focus on that and that's what I do. So I've written a book and I plan if you're talking about upcoming things to write another book. So, but that's a plan. That's not, it's not okay. really working yet. So, so well, yeah. what's the name of your current book so that our listeners can go check that out? You plus me equal us. Okay. And they can get that on Amazon or yeah, else? on my website, there's a link to the Amazon, to the Amazon link. So yeah, on my website, easy peasy. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you very much for, for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've uh, really enjoyed oh, our conversation. You. Thank you. We had a lot of fun and laughs. So thank, thank you, you very much. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. to, to, to all my listeners on the Christian Reed podcast, uh, we got a new camera, by the way. 
I mean, look at that. It's, it's probably the best camera I've ever owned in my life. <laughs> but yeah, yay. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But, um, I need that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm well happy with it. It was actually not not that expensive as well. And I sort of I had a, a really good camera for a while, and then it broke, and so you can sort of see the the massive decline in in just in my video, not in anyone else's. <laughs> and then yeah. now now yeah. we've come back with this, so I had to make note of that. But <laughs> anyway, wow, wow, um, so <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> So all you. your TikTok and your Instagram videos. So, <laughs> thank you very much for for being on the show, Erica, and thank you to everyone listening to the Christian Read podcast. Be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.